to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. I'm going to very, very briefly, I want to, I want to just recap on something that we, that, that we as leadership found specifically as a faith goal or want to call it a faith goal or whatever you want to call it, vision for the year, is, is, is something that we, that, we, that we spoke about, that we as leaderships were standing, or is still, standing in faith that everyone, each one of our members, to reach one other person this year with the gospel of Jesus. Okay, so each one to reach one. And with Henny in the mix, obviously it's not just to reach one with the gospel, but it's actually to disciple them and therefore to teach one. Okay, so each one to reach one, to teach one, is something that we as leadership, was something that we prayed about, something that we are still standing in faith for. We're only in September now. There's lots of time still in the year. But I felt maybe it's just good to just revisit that conversation three quarters of the year and see how, where are we standing. But obviously this being a worship evening, I just felt that God is saying that, that it's more about each one to reach one, to teach one so that we all would worship one. You get that? Okay. Um, and yeah, so obviously worship evening, it, it, the aim is not just to disciple people. A part of discipleship is so that we would worship the one and only true king. I mean, um, so that forms a part of discipleship, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, that was an amen, okay, she can't say amen yet, um, and who of you, who of you likes, likes to know what is God's agenda, all right, okay, so what has God been talking to us just holistically about this year? Anyone want to stab at it? Yeah, well, every member a minister, yes, as, as a part of which broader context, God's building, dot, 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 okay? Um, who of you have started, not only from it being announced as convergence theme for this year, have God been speaking to you about unity in the body of Christ? Right? That is an indication that you're hearing what God is saying to you about what is happening in the body of Christ in general and with us in Shofar. Because the theme there is also going to be being one um, from John, where is it? John 17, verse 21. Um, and you'd be, oh, and he would be so proud of me now. Hang on. Look at that. Hey. Hey. Okay. Verse 21. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. All right. So that is just a little bit on the side there. But what just strikes me about that verse is not unity for the sake of unity. It's unity for the sake of the world would know that Jesus was sent by the Father. So that the world we may know Jesus and that the world may be reconciled to the Father. Amen? 
Okay, so I'm going to read a portion of Scripture. It's not just one verse. It's a whole portion of Scripture. And, and we're going to leapfrog a little bit through it just for the sake of time. Um, and we're going to pick it up at, on, on Matthew chapter 9. And then we're going to continue into, into chapter 10. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And just pause there for a moment. And it's interesting, I had this conversation with Henny during the week, is that the harvest in the Old Testament was linked directly to worship. How? Because what they did, they harvested the crops, and they took the first fruit and they brought it as an offering to the Lord. Direct harvesting work, a direct connotation to worship. As, a, as an offering. You can pull that through into our daily lives now. We don't, for mo- well, he has a couple of farmers or sons of farmers and he might go back to the farm. But for the rest of us, we don't, we don't sow and reap physical seed, maybe in your vegetable garden or in your porch thingy. Um, but that is a representation of the worship that you bring to God. I'm not talking about finances only. Your work is worship unto God. Okay, Henny has unpacked that for us very beautifully in I don't know how many sermons. Okay, <laughs> all right. The point has been made. Your work is worship unto God. Everything we do is worship unto God. But I want to link it to the harvest in the New Testament context. Is that harvesting in the New Testament context? What Jesus is talking about here is he's referring to preaching the good news. He's referring to witnessing. Now, I want to say witness is worship unto God. Amen? We often don't make that link. But witnessing for God is worship unto God. For you as a Christian, what is one of the most difficult things of being a Christian? Hey? Witnessing. Thank you. Ne? Why? What comes with the risk of being a witness for Christ. Persecution, rejection, and all of our own hang-ups. Because <laughs> the moment you put yourself out there, you want to be a credible witness, don't you? But at the same time, you do so self-introspection that you become an ingrow toenail and actually don't ever go out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yeah, but there is a place of introspection so that you can fix certain things and bring it to God and then just just get over yourself and get out there. And yes, we struggle with certain things, but that is the one thing that we struggle with on a day-to-day basis is getting out there, is witnessing. Now, obviously, singing is worship unto God. Work is worship unto God. Witnessing is worship unto God. Eat, drink, be merry, all to the glory of God. So all of that is worship unto God. Now my question is, how is it going 
with your word worship through witness is it happening or not all of us or let me put it this way most of us in this room have the intention of worshiping god through witness amen if you haven't got that intention then let's then let's have a chat <laughs> okay but often that intention is not translated into action amen all right let's go through the rest of the scripture it's interesting that the moment jesus teaches his disciples he says scripture says that he saw the people and i want to say yeah most of you are in corporate most I, I was taught a very valuable lesson when I signed up for articles by a secular guy. I signed up for articles at Deloitte. I never went to do my articles there because I didn't pass my honors. Anyway, long, that's completely on the side. But I had a conversation with this, the, the, the recruiting director of Deloitte, and he was just like saying, if you want to have the biggest impact, you need to come to Johannesburg because... The most fishes in Johannesburg. So obviously him, from a secular point of view, talking to me, a Christian guy, I translate that into people being fish. Okay, not, not into... <laughs> I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And what they also said is that you want to do your work well enough as a first-year article clock, or second or third, and quickly enough so that you can get your head out of the, up from the computer and engage with the environment around you. And we often think that I just, I'm going to work and I'm going to, I'm going to do the 8 to 5 or I've got these deadlines to meet, etc., etc. But we actually don't make an effort to engage with the environment around us. Now, that was a secular guy giving me that advice and I just so recognized God's voice in that conversation. This guy understood certain biblical principles that a lot of Christians struggle with. And that's one of the big reasons why I came to Johannesburg and why I'm still in Johannesburg because here is a lot of fish. And I learned very early in my articles to do my work well so that I can get my head up from the computer so that I can engage with the team that I'm working with or with the client I'm working with. Now, the context that he was talking about is more about getting as much as you can from the industry, learning the industry, what, what, what. My brain just wasn't there. Okay? <laughs> my brain was engaging with the people. Now, there is that part, obviously, of engaging with, with learning as much as you can in that short space of time when you're doing articles, etc. But we want to get our heads up from our computers and get engaged with the people around us. And I want to encourage you to do that. Some of you have got deadlines, hectic deadlines, the clients are nightmares or your manager or your team or whatever is really difficult. I want to encourage you to start praying for those people. Amazing. If, if you're in a consulting environment, audit environment, often you'd be having lunch at your computer. I want to encourage you, even at just, just 15 minute lunch, take your lunch outside to where you can actually eat with other people at your, congreg uh, at your congregation. <laughs> you can see I made a, I made a shift in career um, with, at, at your work. Yeah, also, the water bottle is amazing, just that what you can do there. Anyway. All right, at, at, at drinking, at, at, at the pit, woman at the well, okay. <laughs> All right, okay, let's, let's move on. Okay, the point, the point that I want to make is, is that you need to 
you need to get your head out of your computer, out of your book, out of whatever it is that you're busy with. If you have clients, if you're, you're a physio, where's Becca? Well, you want to get your head off of what you are, the task that you're busy, and you want to start engaging with the heart, hearts of people. Jesus saw the people, and then he had compassion on them. He didn't have compassion, and therefore he saw them. He saw them, and therefore he had compassion on them. And what does, he, what does he teach his disciples right from there? The harvest is plentiful. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send our laborers into his harvest field. Now that's a, diff- that's a very dangerous prayer to pray. Because in the very next verse, this is what he tells them. Matthew 10, verse 1. Now if you only read one chapter a day, you're going to miss this transition that he makes here. From chapter 9 to chapter 10, it's still the same conversation. He says... He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil, evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And then I'm skipping a couple of verses there, but basically he just lists the 12 disciples' names there and he gave them authority. So the moment you actually say, Lord, send out laborers into that harvest field, he says, okay, go. And then you'll start to see the people. Okay, from verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Okay. Just pause there for a moment. There is a standing order to all of his children. Go into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Standing orders. Okay? That applies to every single person that wants to call himself a disciple. You've been commissioned, you've been called to make other disciples. Amen? Mm, okay. Not all all of you are there, but that's okay. However, from time to time, God gives certain specific instructions about how to and where. And here, in this specific instance, this is the specific instructions that God gives His disciples here. He says, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely have received, freely given. Just pause there. I want to say, what does he he command his disciples there? He doesn't say, go out there and live such an ethical life that the people are going to ask, surely they must be followers of Jesus. We live with that mentality that if I live my life good enough, people are somewhere along the line going to ask why. And it's good intentions, but it can't stop there. He sent them to go and preach. To open your mouth and share the good news. However, that's where the track record comes in. If your life doesn't reflect what you preach, then you're not as credible a witness. It doesn't make the message less relevant. It's just that maybe sort out your track record a little bit. If you're struggling with drinking too much at a work function, maybe decide to not drink at all at the work function because you know that you're going to break down the credibility of your witness. Amen? That's one thing that I did was and I want to encourage you, all of you, you, at times there's work functions or there's all sorts of weird functions. 
for those in the movie industry or the entertainment industry, you go to certain functions not because you want to go, you really don't want to go. Because they're going to be drinking and they're going to be swearing and they're going to be talking all sorts of rubbish. And you're really actually not list for it. But that is where those people are relaxed and open for engagement. And if we as Christians withdraw ourselves from those places, we're never going to be relevant in those conversations. So what I decided to do, not because I felt that I'm going to abandon alcohol altogether, I just really was selective with when I would drink a beer with whom. Because the moment you drink a beer, people think you are going to just go for it all the way, in the world at least. So I just refrained from, not because I had anything against alcohol, or people even drinking alcohol. It's just for the sake of being a credible witness. And they made those sums very quickly. But in, what we need to stand in faith for to translate into actually being able to share. Okay, I'm going to move on a little bit quicker. Freely you have received, freely give. <laughs> While I was preparing for this, sorry, it's a little bit of a visual picture. Um, I had a, I don't know, vision is maybe the wrong word. I had this impression that some people are blocked, almost like constipated kind of block, okay? <laughs> what, does it, what does that mean? If you're only going to eat, you're going to get blocked, <laughs> blocked out, okay? I know it's a little bit of a weird picture, but some of you are going to remember this picture, okay? <laughs> God has not called us to only receive, 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 receive. He's called us to receive and to give. Freely we have received, freely give. We've been called to be pipes. <laughs> Host pipe. Okay. If, if you have the mentality of only receiving, like damming up everything that you feel God is calling you or given you, you're missing the point. You've been called to be a conduit, a pipe, where God pours out blessing into you and through you. The moment you block that, you block the inflow as well. Okay. So that was just, uh, some of you are going to remember it for a long time, I hope. <laughs> All right. How do you solve that? Okay. Is to start just giving of yourself. All right. Verse 17. Be on your guard against men. Okay. I'm, I'm skipping like from verse 8 all the way to, to, to verse 7. This is a long conversation. The whole chapter is a conversation that Jesus has with his disciples specific instructions on going. It says, be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But, okay, before we go on to the, what the but means. Interesting that he says there, on my account. Uh, like, has anybody ever said at a party, you can have drinks on my account? Or, on my, like, I'm with, I'm with that guy. And I'm like, okay, no, it's fine. Here Jesus says, when you say, I'm with him, with Jesus, he says, you're going to get flogged. You're going to be thrown into prison because you're with him. We, often we associate that when we're with him, everything is going to go great. It's not, there's so much in this. But, he says, when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say 
or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will be to brother to death. All men will hate you because of me. But, just rewind just a little bit. Verse 17, they're right at the top. It says, they, got it, they will hand you over to local councils. What does that, what does that represent? The government. And then the synagogues, what does that represent? Religion, good people, maybe even other Christian people, thinking they're doing God a favor by coming against you because you are too radical or you shouldn't be saying that stuff. That stuff shouldn't be talked about at work. You shouldn't talk about God at work. Well, who said so? Anyway. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, all men. Yes. It's such a, it's such a reality that, that, that stares you actually in the face here. It's like all men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm till the end will be saved. And that, just, that throws a uh, clip any boss into somebody's theology that thinks once saved, always saved. I'm not just going to leave it there. Okay? I'm not going to explain to you what I mean. <laughs> All right. All that means is it's not automatically, once you've given your life to God, just that's it, all automatic. Uh, it's, all right. There's, there's, there's more to it, but let's, let's run. Yeah, 27. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What I whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And interesting, this, this next, the next couple of verses talks about this, about the whole, the whole scripture about two sparrows being sold for a penny. Um, and then the very hairs of your head are numbered. We all know this verse well, but if you go and read it in context, it's in the context of this whole conversation. Jesus is saying, you are far more worth than those things. And we hold on to those verses. But we miss out on, like he just said, all men will hate you because of me. You will be flogged. You will be thrown into prison. We miss that context because it's not really a feel-good <laughs> um, scripture. However, it doesn't, it doesn't negate the, the vastness and the depth of that, of the way he says that even the very hairs on your head is numbered. For some of the guys, that's not so difficult. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to... <laughs> Even the beard, even your hair on your beard is numbered, okay? <laughs> okay. Just there. <laughs> okay. But here he says, he says that, and he follows it up with this. So, don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. In the context of your soul cannot be destroyed even if your body is destroyed, even if you lose your career, even if you get flagged from your manager, even if you get flagged from the tea lady. That's a tough one. <laughs> Do not be afraid of people that can sticks and stones, can break your bones, but words can never harm you. And that's only true if you're really secure in your identity in Christ. By the way, there's not a, there's not a psalm, eh? That's... <laughs> 
All righty. Let's move on. We're almost done. Verse 32. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But, hold on to the but. Whoever, whoever acknowledges me before men. Here's a question. Will you acknowledge God before men? Do you acknowledge God before men? Acknowledging God before men is not just saying, yes, I'm a Christian when somebody asks you. Or is it? Think about it. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but in the context of this whole conversation, God is telling His disciples, go out there. If you're not going to acknowledge me there, if you're going to disown me there, and then He says, whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. He says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Feels like, oh, God. <laughs> and we are going to have difficult time. If we make a stand for Christ at our work, if we're going to decide to worship God through witness wherever we go, and we spend, apart from our own homes, our work is the place where we spend most of our time. If you're going to worship God through witness at your work, oh, Henny would be so proud of me through all of those W's, eh? www. Okay, witness, work, worship. If you can't do it there, you're going to struggle to do it in the rest of your life. If you're going to struggle to witness for God at work, you're always going to con make a connection with witnessing and outreach to an event. You're always going to think it's missions. You're always going to think it's Go Josie. Or you're going to think it's maybe a thing for Sunday. If you're going to struggle to do it at work, now, obviously, I, I, come, I come out of corporate, um, so I understand the difficulties that, that goes along with it. It doesn't happen every day like that. But, another but, if you're not switched on every day of the week, for the moment there's a place to speak into somebody's life, you're going to miss it. It doesn't come around every day, but when it comes around, you need to be switched on for those moments to speak into people's lives. I mean, it's difficult. However, the times in the morning when I wake up, when I used to work in corporate, and I ask God for, Lord, send me somebody that you want to speak into, whose life you want to speak in. Give me a divine appointment that comes straight from you. Eight times out of ten, that day there will be somebody that, that God wants to speak to through me. What, were those people not there the previous day? They were there. I just never saw them because I wasn't alert for their needs. I wasn't alert for what God wanted to do. Now, obviously, we, we work with different people, and etc., and you're going to approach different people in different ways. However, you know that you're working towards the gospel of Jesus Christ. If a person, we, 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 teach, we teach you a lot and share about where different people are at and different stages of their lives and or in terms of how receptive they are for the gospel and you're going to approach things a little bit different for different people. But through the help of the Holy Spirit, you can speak into any one of those lives and they're like, whoa, that was God. And there's the Holy Spirit that comes and guides you and leads you to go and do that. Which verse were we at? Verse 33. 
37. Okay. Jesus didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Now, obviously, that doesn't talk about the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That's a different kind of a peace. The peace that he's talking about here is not going to be peace necessarily between everybody around you if you're going to make a stand for God, because it's not the popular thing to make a stand for Jesus in the workplace. You can't talk about religion these days in the workplace or in the school or in class for the students. It's not the popular thing to do. You talk about it at church. You talk about it when I ask you, you can talk to me about it. It's difficult. However, there's people around, all around us that have got needs. And you can always pray for those people. I haven't, I haven't encountered somebody that does not want prayer. They might not want you to lay hands on them right there and there and pray, <laughs> pray for them. But I've never encountered somebody that said, can I pray for you? Even Muslim people, can I pray for you? They'd say, yes, please. And there's people that are going through very challenging times around us, etc. Ask them, can I pray for you? And if they say yes, then you ask them, can I pray for you right now? <laughs> if it's maybe a little bit of an awkward space, then maybe don't. But um, can I pray for you now? Because they translate that you're going to go pray for them at home. They say, can I, okay, let's pray quickly. If, if you're alone and it's private, then it's fine. But if there's other people around, they're going to be put on the spot, so be sensitive. They say, can, can I pray for you? So yeah. And then you, and then you pray for them. So you want to step outside. If it's a person that smokes, just have a smoke break with them. Just don't smoke. And, <laughs> and, you, and then you pray for them. Um, it's amazing how those things, what does it communicate when you pray for somebody? It does two things, actually. And it, it, it does sort of two-way. It cultivates love in your heart for the person, and that person r- realizes that this person actually cares. All right. I don't want to go into it too much. Okay, verse 37. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And verse 39. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Bottom line, Jesus called us to worship Him through witness. And my question is, are you worshiping God through witness? How is that part of your life going? It doesn't qualify or disqualify you per se from relationship with God. However, God is calling us to worship Him through witnessing to others as well. Amen. Worship team, you can join me in the front. So to recap, just reflect a little bit, maybe in your own quiet time, just reflect a little bit over this year. Maybe you got married this year. Maybe you had children this year. Maybe you moved jobs this year. There's a lot going on in our lives on a yearly basis. A lot. But I want to just give you a little bit of a heads up. If you say, yes, Lord, but. I'm willing to go, but. I just got married. Or I need to go bury my father who just passed away. 
or I need to do, yes, I, I realize I have the intention of going to witness, but I want to remind you of what Scripture says about, about specifically that, where Jesus calls him and says, yes, Lord, but let me first go and bury my father, or I just bought some new cattle, or I just bought a new home, I just bought a new car, I need to have it serviced, or whatever. Fill in the blanks. There's no legitimate excuse for us not to, to be switched on on a daily basis. Doesn't mean you need to go on missions every day. Like, your whole life should be missions. <laughs> Amen. What I mean by that is just we need to be switched on every day of our lives. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us. I, we all here at different places in our lives with this. There's either people that we are standing in faith for and we are switched on and you have a heart and your heart is breaking. I remember being in India. When was it last year, Stefan? We were at the Himalayan conference. It was Stefan and I and Neil and, and Luderweik. And I had this word for Luderweik while we were there. And I told him, God is going to start breaking your heart for people that is going to hell. And you're going to start weeping uncontrollably because of that. And he just looked at You know Luderweik is a big guy. He looked at me with teary eyes. He's like, yeah, God has already been starting to do that. <laughs> and God is going to start doing that for you as well. Because if, you, if you're struggling with a hard heart, you don't have a heart for the lost, you don't understand your own salvation fully. Because it's in the realization of what we freely have received in salvation at the foot of the cross that compels us with love to go out and go and share that with other people. Freely have received, freely give. Now it's going to look different in each one of our contexts. Okay, the standing orders is go and make disciples of all the nations and teach them. However, your specific instructions are going to look a little bit different than the one next to you. And start talking to God about the people around you who do not know Him, whether it's family members, whether it's colleagues, whether it's a security guard at the guardhouse, whether it's your gardener. I've started doing walking with Jesus with our gardener now. It's amazing how that just opens up doors just to speak into people's lives. Anybody and everybody around us needs Jesus. Just ask God who is it that He wants to speak into today. Lord Jesus, There's so much that's going on in life, so much going on in this country, there's so much going on just in the world and in our own hearts and turmoil of conflict, God, with, within marriages, with outside of marriages. Am I going to get a wife? Am I going to have a house? But there's so much going on in our hearts and our minds, God, and we just, we just sometimes just so struggle to just get perspective, God, about life. I thank you, God, that you come into every one of our circumstances, God. You say, come, follow me. I pray, God, in this room, God, that you would give us hearts for the harvest. I pray that you would open up our eyes, God, to see you. 
Lord, I'm so reminded of that song, God, that sings. Lord, I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. And Lord, worship in any facet of our lives is worship unto you. And therefore, God, I pray, God, that our work would be all about you. That our marriages would be all about you. That our relationships would be all about you. That our witnessing would be all about you. That our resting would be all about you. That our going would be all about you. For we're coming back to the heart of worship where it is all about you. God, there's deadlines that we need to meet this week. There are clients that we need to see. There are managers that we need to please. But God, in all of that, we do all of that because it's all about you. And we do it from that place, God. Lord, open up our eyes to see. Open up our eyes to see the people around us, to really see them. God, give us the grace to have the boldness to walk across a room, God, to a person that we can see is in the pit. We can see is going through a difficult time where we choose to turn the other way and choose to go on with our deadlines. Lord Jesus, break our hearts for the people around us. For you died on the cross for them. You died on the cross for us. And Lord, there are certain blockages in our lives that is causing us to not just freely give what we have freely received. Whether it's fear of man, God, I pray that you'd remove that. You'd bring it into perspective, God. That we would have a fear of the one that we are worshiping. And that we would move out of obedience to you, to you God. Lord, we worship you in song. We worship you in dance. And we worship you, God, through our work. We worship you through our through our witness, God. Through how we are with our wives, how we are with our children, how we are in life. We worship you, God. Lord, each day this week, I pray that you would show us who it is that you want to talk to this week through us. Lord, if there's somebody that needs healing, we pray for them to be healed or their family members to be healed. If it is somebody that you want us to preach the gospel from start to finish, that if that happens, God, in Jesus' name. If it is to come and just share what you have done in our lives, in our quiet time that morning, pray that you would open up our eyes and enable us to speak. Some of us are weary not to speak because they think they cannot speak well. I want to remind you of you thinking that remind you what God did through Moses. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you anoint each and every one of us, God, to have power to be effective witnesses wherever we go. Lord, we repent of making life other than living for you. We're coming back to you. We're coming back to the heart of worship, Lord. And we worship you, you alone. God, I want to pray, God, that for every person here, if they've backed off from 
putting themselves out there, God, for your sake. I want to pray, God, that you would just, just come and talk to them, God, in their own quiet times and in their own time, God, to put their faith out there, God, to, to just reach one person this year in order to lead them to you, in order to disciple them, in order to them to teach them to worship you, God.